and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heitland, and every week I'm joined by two of my dearest friends, Michelle Bensinger and Heather Kim. This podcast is born out of our friendship of sharing all kinds of things together, our walk with Christ, our insights, our joys, sorrows, tears, and laughter, and you are most welcome on the journey with us. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. We're laughing because Michelle is eating and now she's hid behind her camera. So I don't know what she's eating, but we know that Heather doesn't like the sound of food in her ears. So I'm not really sure what's happening right now. Michelle is honoring with her lips right now by keeping them far away from the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) And not just in her heart, but also on her lips. She's like, I don't want to like crunch. What can we just, what are you eating? Michelle, what is that? I'm eating, they're called Yum Earth or Organic Sour Giggles, Chewy Candy Bites. They're so yummy. Happy Easter, people. Happy (laughs) Easter. So appropriate for Easter Monday. Well done, Michelle. So appropriate. They're little pastel, little sour bites, and they're so good. And I didn't chew in your ear. Happy Easter, Heather. The Easter Bunny just came (laughs) to visit you just for that. Thank you very much. You should be feel loved. Uh Because we started out this, we've been talking for like an hour already, but we started out this this whole conversation. Okay, we say that every thinking time we get on. I'm sorry, people. We just I know. A long time. And Michelle and I were both eating, like crunching, and Heather's like, I'm going to kill both of you. Stop doing this. Like, Stop doing this. And we're like, what? I need to kill someone via but, Skype. I'm just wondering. I mean, I don't know. Heather was just telling us that she had more issues than Vogue and that she has this condition about people eating. And so we had to stop. It's so noise. I was noise. Wow. I, I feel I so loved right now. You, we, we, Love you. Hey, we, we we're just helping you, Heather. Help us, help us, this help is you. Such a good help example us of our friendship you. right it's now. Been, <laughs> can you guys tell we've all been like cooped up in our houses for like a long, long time now? Yes. Oh my gosh, the natives are seriously restless right now. Here we go. Oh. Yes. So because of that, and because of the liturgical season, we've been in Lent and we finished our book study with Henry Nowen. And uh, we thought since all of us on planet earth are kind of in the same boat right now, it'd be really good to do an episode. It was Heather's idea or one Michelle, one of those two, because they're amazing to do an episode on trust and divine mercy. So what we're going to do is we're recording this episode still in Lent, but we're going to air it um, on Easter Monday to get you ready for divine mercy Sunday, which is the Sunday after Easter, which is a beautiful um, feast day that was instituted by Pope. Pope John Paul II and St. John Paul II in honor of of the mercy of God that brought about by St. Faustina. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But um, Heather, you're in your new house. You've been cooped up. Are you guys surviving quarantine up there? Because I know that's kind of been a difficult challenge for you guys. You know, I really can't complain. Like being in the new house, we have a bit of property. We have it so good. In all honesty, I have nothing but gratitude right now. I feel like we are very, very privileged in comparison to what a lot of people are going through. So yeah, it's been wonderful to be here. We're having really good family time. Yes, there's, yes, everybody has some struggles about it. And, you know, we're concerned about my parents and all of that. But in general, we are doing very well. And we're connecting Mm -hmm. as a family and having really good communication. And even when little things come up, we're just talking about it, dealing with it, loving each other through it, offering grace when we need to. So yeah, it's been very good so far. Mm -hmm. No, this may go on for months and we can check in about that later. (laughs) As it stands, <laughs> we're doing well. How about you, Michelle? You were saying it's nice and warm and... It's beautiful. It's we have great weather. It's been really pretty. Um, 
like it's been a really grace filled time, like just the family time and the quality time. I am starting to feel like, oh my gosh, if I don't get time, I was just telling the girls before we started recording that I've had to switch my schedule and go to bed really, really early, like around nine. So I can get up really, really early to pray and have time mm-hmm. by myself. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I think it was this past week, sister was asking me a question. I'm like, I don't know. I can't answer you right now because I can't be by myself. And there's no room I can go into that. Even my 10 year old is following me into the bathroom. I'm like, can I please, honey, go to the bathroom just for a minute? I feel like I'm a young mom again, you know, where I have toddlers at my feet. I'm like, Lily, <laughs> let me go to the bathroom, girl, honey. Let me just close the door. And so yeah. um, I just feeling a little claustrophobic. I'm not going to lie, but it's been like I said, I have nothing to complain about. It's just, I was like, oh my goodness, just to have a couple hours by myself may be a grace. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hey. And so I've taken more walks than I ever have in my whole entire life. I probably take like six walks a day just to, you know, take a little walk, mm-hmm. get a little fresh air, come back. But it has mm-hmm. been good. Sister, how about you? It's so, yeah, it's so good for us. Um, yeah, we've been, you know, hunkered down here and just life is very simple, but usually our life is anyway. But I do have to say I was over pressure washing the neighbor's deck the other day because that's what nuns do when you have a tons of free time on your hands. You get a power tool and you pressure wash people's deck. So I, if you want me to come to your house, y'all, you just let me know. But anyway, so I just, I was so well by your mother. <laughs> I, my mom would have been so proud. Mrs. Heidland, she'd be like, oh, that's my girl with yeah, power she tools. she just grabbed a power tool and went out there and took care of business. <laughs> It was so, I thought about my mom so much yesterday. Um, but I was soaked, like just soaked in dirty, moldy, like people's house water. And I was soaked to the bone and it was time to pray. And I put away the power washer and, you know, and so I, I didn't want to go inside of our convent yet. Cause I was just dripping with water. And so it was cute. Cause the three of us, the two sisters I live with, we just sat on the back porch and we prayed evening prayer and just, it was like 90 degrees out, but we were sat in the shade and there was like this kind of breeze coming through. And I'm like, this would never happen. You know, if we were all mm-hmm. busy, like we just, and we just talked for a long time, just the three of us sat on the back porch on the steps and just prayed evening prayer and just talked for a long time. And I'm like that, that's such a gift. Like that's a gift that was lovely that, you know, we talk and stuff, but that kind of moment where you're like, this is really cool. You know, like we're all just sitting yeah. here, just, just sharing about life and our day and kind of what might happen. And, you know, I just, I don't know. So I was like grateful for that, you know, that's sweet. That's so sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That also made me remember the last time that you were soaking wet was when my car broke down when I was taking you to the airport and you had to walk in the oh, pouring yes. rain and the dark because it was like 430 in the morning, the rest of the way to the airport. And I that felt was like so weird. Like your car just randomly ever. died in the intersection. I'm like, well, I guess I'll just walk to the airport with my little carry like, on. See ya. And then at the same time, I'm sitting there like, I don't know how I'm going to get anywhere <laughs> an hour from my house. That was crazy. Anyway, sidebar. All, Go all ahead. The, all the airport stories that we've had. But none of us are having any airport stories right, right now. now. Seriously. So. <laughs> anyway, who knows what happens by the time this episode airs. So we are going to talk about trust and divine mercy and this beautiful, beautiful feast of the divine mercy. And so just to tell you a little bit about St. Faustina. So maybe you've heard of her, maybe you haven't, but she, um, her feast day is October 5th and she was born, uh, her name was Helena um, and she was born in Poland on on August 25th, 1905, she was a third of 10 children raised by a poor and devout family. And after feeling the call to religious life at the young age of seven, while like tending adoration, she discerned religious life and entered the convent. Um, I'm reading a little bio here. It says, although she was well known for her devotion to Jesus and divine mercy, she also experienced incredible visions and continued to foster a love of Christ in the Eucharist during her time in the convent. And she has a beautiful diary, the diary of St. Faustina of Christ coming to her and her journey in her life and Christ coming to her and Christ revealing his heart for her and, and, and for the world in the area of divine mercy and asking people to come 
and venerate his divine mercy and to receive his divine mercy. And so from that comes the chaplet of divine mercy that you can pray anytime, especially powerful at three o'clock in the afternoon. But this feast of divine mercy that John Paul II instituted is a total outpouring of our lives for Christ and the re- the receiving and the revelation of who Jesus is and the receiving of his mercy, his tender mercy. And at the bottom of the painting and every painting you'll see of divine mercy, the every rendition there is, it always says at the bottom, Jesus, I trust in you. So we were going to talk today about trust and about what it means to trust. And I'm just going to kind of frame this conversation um, with uh, just this reality where John Paul II says this, he says, there is nothing more than man needs than divine mercy. That love, which is benevolent, which is compassionate, which raises man above his weakness to the infinite heights, to the holiness of God. And St. Faustinus, or Jesus says to St. Faustina in her diary, number 548, he says, it's gorgeous. He says, I'm making myself dependent on your trust. If your trust is great, then my generosity will be without limit. Mm-hmm. So the three of us in our journey have had different experiences of trust and, and, and not trust and all kinds of things. So maybe Heather, you could kind of start us off on just this reality of trust in itself. And then it's also this reality of divine mercy and what the Lord is speaking to you uh, during this time. Mm-hmm. Well, trust, it goes right back to the garden. You know, our trust issues go right back there to the garden and Adam and Eve in the garden. And we've talked about this before, but we never know when people are tuning in. So we'll just reframe, you know, our story because that is where our story begins. Our story begins at the very beginning, not just at the beginning of your life, but at the very beginning when God formed humanity. And in the garden, it explains a lot of our issues now where they come from, because the story of Adam and Eve, the lies from the end enemy that came in really was, he was telling them, you shouldn't trust the heart of God. You know, he's holding out on, you see how he's not going to give you the fruit from this tree. Why would he say that? Like, this seems like a good thing. Why would he withhold something from you? And I think that those same whispering lies of the enemy have crept into each person's life. Each human being struggles with the same exact things. Can I trust the heart of God? Can I trust his intentions? Can I trust that he's good? Can I trust that he's not holding out on me? Um, Because Adam and Eve went their own way. Their decision at that time was, I'm going to believe the lie of the enemy that God is holding out on me and I'm going to try to get something for myself so that I can have what I need or what I think is good for me. And that is all of our stories. And that gets played out. That story of the garden gets played out in each of our hearts throughout our lifetime. And at many, many moments, you know, so for me, when I was young, um, I had some, yeah, some, a lot of trauma that occurred when I was about 10 years old. And in that I was very, very afraid fear crept in. So there was a lot of psychological and spiritual abuse that was occurring with my brother in our home. And he was very involved in the occult and it was extremely scary. And I was just a vulnerable child you know, and I, I didn't know what to do. I was just completely paralyzed by fear. And there was a lot of things that I heard and saw that scared me out of my wits. And the lie that crept in as I prayed every night, God, will you please come and, and help me, like save me, take away this fear, take away, you know, all of this darkness that's around me. I felt like he wasn't coming and he wasn't showing up. So the agreement that I made with the enemy was, yeah, I guess God just isn't going to show up for me mm-hmm. that I can't, I can't trust that he's going to come through. So I took on all of those places of like, I have to take control. I have to protect myself and I also have to protect everybody around me. And so for me, that area of trust has played out because of that initial experience of not trusting God. It's played out in a variety of ways in my life. And I was thinking about like, what does a lack of trust look like for many of us? 
if we're like, well, I don't know if I trust or don't trust, are we controlling? Do we cover our bases, you know, just in case? Mm -hmm. Are we waiting for the other shoe to drop? Do we have a fear of missing out on things? Do we assume assume the worst so we don't get hurt? Fear, Mm -hmm. anxiety, these are all triggers that can tell us something is going on in the area of trust. Mm -hmm. Because when we do trust, there's peace, there's calm, there's a letting go. There's an acceptance of what is to come because we know that no matter what, that we are held in the careful hands of God who loves us like his, we are his children, you know, not like we are his children mm-hmm. because we are his children, you know? So anyway, those are just for me, that's what I've noticed in my own life, how that plays out. And those moments, it wasn't just one moment, but they're created over and over and over again. So I have to make decisions now to combat those lies in my life. Michelle, what are you thinking? Yeah, I agree with you. I was just thinking about this with the the virus and with different situations with my children. Um, It is like I was thinking, I can trust the Lord with myself. Do I trust him with my children? You know, because Mm. for us, it's like this tangible way. Like I sometimes think motherhood is like your heart walking outside of your body, you know, and you do like look for, you know, like that to be like a watchman on the wall, which is true. Like you need to be prudent. You need to do that. But there also has to be a surrendering of them. There has to be putting them on the altar. And oftentimes I think I've said this before. I will put them, but I want to take them right back. You know, Lord, they really are yours. Oh, but hold on. Like just in case, like you said, just in case you're not doing um, your job, you know, I'm right here for you. You know, I got it handled. But the Lord just really been um, one of the things that I've really been praying about with since we've been in our cloister. That's what I like to call it. Quarantine just doesn't sound as cool as cloister. Anyway, as we've been cloistered, one thing I've really been praying about when you listen and you trust the Lord and you're obedient to the Lord, there comes a cost. You know, it's going to cost you something to follow him. It's going to cost you something to listen to him. Like go, if we go back to Eve in the garden, you know, she didn't heed the cost. She took matters into her own hands, you know, but even when you are obedient, it's going to cost you something. And that cost is usually love. That's cost is usually discomfort, you know, it, because it stretches you, you know, it stretches you to like, okay, like faith and trust are muscles that have to be used to build stronger, you know, because then you're like, okay, I'm going to trust you in this situation. Okay, you're trustworthy. Okay, I can do this again. It's almost like trust is built, like you would do with a person. And then you have to also understand, like, sometimes trust doesn't look like we, what we think it looks like, these situations. Like, I'm going to trust you even when the outcome doesn't look like what I think it's going to look like, mm-hmm. you know, but I will be obedient. I will do this, you know, and um, like we just had a situation with our son with a virus. He wants to, he works at a grocery store. He wants to keep on working. And we've just had this huge thing, like, no, you were coming home, like you could infect all of us, all this kind of stuff. And he's like, but this is not who you trained me to be. You've trained me to serve. You train me to be, you know, aren't we? And he looked at me and goes, aren't we supposed to lay down our lives for other people? Mom, if I'm, and you're like, oh my gosh, she's pulling out the big guns here in the situations. And, you know, um, yeah, you know, we could do a list of pros and we could do a list of cons. And, but the question is, we, we have to pray about that and trust and be obedient in the situation, what we feel like the Holy Spirit was calling our family to. And, but it's just been a good lesson for me to learn like, okay, Lord, how do I trust you with this child? You know, and how do I seek your answer and not just, you know, like you need to be prudent and practical, but you also have to trust the Lord. It's just been interesting, you know? Um, yeah. Like the Lord has just been really stirring in my heart. How do I trust him? You know, 
Mm-hmm. Where do you think, Michelle, for you, like the lack of trusting in God came into play? Like, when do you remember it earliest in your life? I think it was a lot of broken promises from, you know, a parent that like would say they would do things, but they would not come through. So for that, mm-hmm. it's like, okay. And I think I have a lot of trust in the Father now because I've seen Him come through in situations. I've seen Him do the miraculous in situations. Mm -hmm. I've seen what happens when I allow the Holy Spirit to take control, that it is better than I imagine. So I think like there's been, I mean, like substantial, substantial growth, but oh, there's still a percentage where I'm like, oh, I'm not quite there yet. Oh, yeah. You know, (laughs) and I mean, we will never be there on the side of heaven probably, Mm -hmm. but you know, where I'm like, oh, like, you know, and you can tell, you can tell because you want to control it. Like you get tense, you, you know, your mind Mm -hmm. starts racing or you start spiraling, you know, but for me, it's like broken promises earlier. So like you said, Mm -hmm. Heather, you're going to put that safety net under. So those promises, if God doesn't come through, I have something else just in case, you know? Mm -hmm. So what about you, sister? I know that's really true. And I I just, when I was thinking a lot about trust and just kind of looking at what, what does the word mean? I I think words are fascinating. And if you look at the dictionary.com, you just, what does the word trust means? It means to rely on somebody or to be dependent on them. Mm -hmm. And it means that the confidence, which that word meaning confide with faith, the confidence that other people are who they say they are. And I think it's one thing to look at somebody and say, I trust you. And you know, you say that to a certain extent, but you still keep your distance. It's quite another thing to actually rely and to depend on somebody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think that's, that's where we talk about those areas that you know the areas for growth where we see those parts of our hearts where where we say we trust or and that but I don't want to depend on God or I don't want to rely upon him or I don't want to rely on other people because I might get my heart broken and I know from my own story mm-hmm. that comes from even being in the womb of you know being um, you know, having biological parents that were in high school and, and being given up for adoption, being in a foster home for three months and just a lot of my story, a lot of sexual abuse and just like stories that where, where I just was never safe. And so I know as a young girl, un- unconsciously and subconsciously, I made vows. I will never trust anybody. I will never trust anybody because I'm going to take care of myself because people, even my own, I mean, please understand what I'm saying here, but like in the internal dialogue of like, even my own mother can't be trusted because I wasn't received there. So it's like, and I, I can tell you all the intellectual, but I'm talking about the heart. I'm talking about heart mm-hmm. language right now. Mm-hmm. And so just noticing them, the places where oh, I have been and still am heavily guarded, you know, very heavily guarded. And I, if I want something, I'll do it myself. Thank you very much. I won't. And, you know, and it's just so it feels safer to keep your distance or when, or when somebody that I do rely on it comes through as inconsistent, you know, we talked about in a past episode of paralyzing fear where they'll say something or they'll do something where I thought they were going to come through here. And there's a moment where it's just terrifying, you know, where I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't breathe, you know? And so learning the journey of that, that, um, the things that happen day to day, many times are, are kind of a scent on the breeze of an original trauma, but that's not the original trauma and that's not happening anymore. And the Lord's showing up over and over and over again, who is outside of time. Thank God that he's constantly there, mm-hmm. constantly there. And for me, consistency is one of the biggest things in a friendship, you know, like a relationship, like I need consistency. And so, so when you talk about those areas, you know, like, yeah, do I want to, um, and it's very subtle. It's, it's surprising. And that's the beautiful thing about being human is that our hearts often surprise us. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think that we feel bad when we're not all or nothing. Like, you know, when we see these places, I'm like, Oh gosh, you know, but these are just areas of our hearts that are telling us something, you know, where, where, yeah, there's these moments that happen where I'm like, I don't know if I trust God here. I don't know if I want to rely fully on him because like you said, maybe it won't come through or maybe it won't be the way I want. And so to step back, but when you step back, that's when we step into isolation and all these walls. Right. And it's like doubly mm-hmm. isolating. So, 
I think, mm. you know, I hear you both. Like, I don't we know that journey from the garden? That's the story of humanity. But but it also plays out each in our own little ways, you know, mm-hmm. um, or that if somebody leaves, they're not going to come back. So we have like anxious attachment versus. So it's just interesting, like the human heart and kind of how we how we mm-hmm. navigate the deepest desire of our heart, which is to be secure and to be connected and to be in relationship and to be communion. Yeah. I think where many of us stall in the process is like, there's an initial process of understanding your story where you go back and you go, Oh, why do I do the things that I do? Why do I have a hard time loving here or being open or trusting or whatever it might be? And we might be able to look back and go, Oh, it's because of this that happened in my life. Mm-hmm. And then we stop there mm-hmm. instead of saying, okay, I'm going to bring this. Uh, to God. And I'm going to invite Jesus into this place Mm -hmm. so that he can bring his light and his healing here. And I'm going to trust that he has the power to change this dynamic that's Mm -hmm. going on within me. And that then I also have to cooperate with him to learn a new way, a new way of interacting with myself and with others and the world and with him particularly. And that's where people get stuck. You know, they just go, no, I'm going to own my story and this is who I am. And it can become like a a false label that actually keeps us trapped. Like those agreements can keep us trapped Mm -hmm. um, in living out this paralyzing fear or paralyzing way of life where we don't trust and we keep everybody at an arm's length, especially Mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. So I think for, for all of us, we've realized, yeah, we have to go through, we have to go through it. We can't avoid it. We can't shove it aside. We can't just dismiss it, but we have to invite Jesus in there and walk through it with him, the Paschal mystery. And what we mean by that is there's a process of pain and suffering and allowing Jesus to come in and heal with his light. So that means we have to be willing to confront it, those places. I think for a long time, even though I went, you know, studied theology at Franciscan University and was in ministry and blah, 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 all these Catholic things, I didn't really know that God had the power to heal like that like heal in ways that were tangible and, and felt, you know, by me, I didn't know that that was available to me. I just sort of accepted this is as good as it's going to get. I'm just going to have to sort of muddle along Mm -hmm. with these things. And, um, and I also want to say, you know, something that came to me recently, what a gift I'd shared about this before, but Somebody gave me a rosary after a prayer event that I did. And this rosary is a second class relic of St. Faustina. Mm. And, um, and I was just so incredibly like humbled and blessed by that, that gift that somebody gave to me. It was made by Faustina's sisters. It's a beautiful little rosary, but I was speaking with my spiritual director about it. And I said, it's so interesting that this came to me. I wonder why. And he said, Faustina is coming to you, Heather, because you need to ask her, what does it mean? Jesus, I trust in you. And so I think for, I'm in this, you know, right now, um, as I continue to battle these own wounds in my life. But I think for all of us who have areas of trust, we need to know that we're not alone there. Like we can invite Mm -hmm. St. Faustina um, to be an intercessor for us and to help teach us how do you trust in Jesus? What does that mean? Because usually I think we say, Jesus, I trust in you, except, (laughs) except, or I trust in you unless you say no to me. Mm-hmm. I trust you unless I don't think this is going well, then I'm going to take mm-hmm. matters back into my own hands or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. And that might be something good to reflect on is finish the sentence of how you normally live your life. Jesus, I trust in you, except. Uh, that's a good one, mm-hmm. dude. Seriously. You know, and fill in the blanks and and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what is she, what is supposed to be in that blank, mm-hmm. because we have to be willing to be healed, you know? 
to trust that God loves us enough that no matter what has happened to us to damage that trust, because the enemy comes hard on that place. He comes so hard and fierce um, that that God wants to come in and restore what's Mm -hmm. been lost there. My husband often says, when you start a sentence and you say, but, you're totally disagreeing with the first part of your sentence. Like you say, I agree with you, but, you know, and so like Mm -hmm. I was thinking the same thing, Lord, I trust you, but he's like, whenever you say that, Michelle, you just totally, you know, dismantle the first part of that sentence. You're really saying you disagree or you're putting conditions on your agreement. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do. We put conditions on our trust. Mm -hmm. I will trust you, except, okay, not this part. I'll trust you. But Lord, I can't, you know, I just can't do this part, you know, and he's asking for, um, we can trust him fully. He's asking for full trust, you know, because it is, it's confidence in his character. It's confidence Mm -hmm. in his nature. It's, but more than Mm -hmm. that, it's confidence in his love for us, that he Mm -hmm. loves us so much that he knows the hairs on our head and he knows the number of our days. And he created us in his image and likeness, you know, with this amazing love. And he just wants that love in return. And one of the ways that we can love him in return is to trust him you know, with mm-hmm. everything in us. And there's interesting that you said that about St. Faustina, because one of the things I love, her diary is just one of my favorite things. And so I think beautiful. one of the things I love about how she dwelled in the Trinity, like she really like, she's like one of the first ones that really start, started talking about dwelling and living fully in the Trinity. And like when she talks about mm-hmm. the father, she talks about being a daughter and that she's so rooted in her identity. And then when she talks about Jesus, mm-hmm. she talks about intimacy and she talks about Jesus as this just a lover, which I love. And then when she she talks about the Holy Spirit. Like one, two of my favorite quotes about the Holy Spirit come from St. Faustina. She has one of, like, one of the shortest routes to holiness as follows the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. And another one is she's mm-hmm. like, I just follow the unctions of the Holy Spirit and there ne- needs to be no reason. <laughs> I love that part. Yeah. So, but she has yeah. this part in her diary, just like this living in the Trinity and living in the fullness of the church. And that's what I think I love about her. Like she dwells in the Trinity, but then she has this amazing relationship with with the um, communion of saints. And in her Mm -hmm. diary in 150, it says, I want to write down a dream that I had about St. Therese of the Child Jesus. I was still a novice at this time. and was going through some difficulties, which I did not know how to overcome. On the fifth day of the novena, I dreamed of St. Therese, but it was as if she was still living on earth. She hid from me the fact that she was a saint and began to comfort me saying that I should not be worried about the things that I was worried about, but I should trust more in God. I said, dear, sweet Therese, tell me, shall I go to heaven? And she answered, yes, you will go to heaven. She said, sister, and will I be a saint? I asked Saint Therese, little Therese, shall I be a saint as you are a race of the altar? And she said, yes, you will be a saint just as I am, but you must trust in the Lord. And I just love that interchange between, you know, I love that communion mm. of saints. I love that the veil of heaven is so thin and that we forget that we have this army behind us that is interceding for us that wants to be mm-hmm. even you know in like like a lot of my really dear friends are protestant and they still don't get like the communion of saints when i when i'm like this is like one of our greatest treasures you know like is this beautiful communion of saints that we have this army behind us but just the fellowship of sisters you know because i think there's something about saint therese and saint faustina they have a both of them have almost like a childlike faith and a childlike surrender and that the answer to the things that St. Faustina was worrying about, Therese said, oh, just trust. Yes, you will be a saint. Mm-hmm. Just trust. You know, this just mm-hmm. trust. And, you know, it is this mm-hmm. humble trust is where it just leads us to. And I think the further you grow in the spiritual life, the more you realize how simple it is. You know, simple mm-hmm. yet profound. Like how simple it is. It's just 
the trust. Mm. Keep on going. Mm. What are your thoughts, sister? Definitely. And I, I, um, I think, you know, you wrote some of the things in our own show notes that it says the word trust and words derived from it are found 260 times in St. Faustina's diary. And she has Jesus saying to her, he says, so that every soul will praise my goodness. I desire trust for my creatures, encourage souls to place great trust in my fathomless mercy. And so we're talking about is that he's encouraging us to place great reliance, to depend deeply on his fathomless mercy and mercy, the Latin word meaning misericordia, which means to have a heart moved for another's pity. And so the Lord is, his heart is always broken open for us. And he never tires like St. Pope Francis, like the Lord never tires of forgiving us. Mm-hmm. He never tires of when we come to him, he never, like, he's like, we get tired. He doesn't. And one of our priests gave it just an excellent homily one time on, on trust. And he's like, you know, he says so often in our life, we go to confession for the same thing over and over and over again. <laughs> and he said, don't we get, he's like, don't we get frustrated or we get disappointed or we get discouraged or to be like, really partake of our conversation today. When we see those areas of our heart where we don't trust trust, where we don't trust God or we don't trust people that love us. Like, don't we get discouraged at times, you know, when we feel like, oh my gosh. And he said, that's not, he's like our, our continued bringing of our sins to the Lord, our continued bringing of the areas of our hearts where we don't trust. He said, this is not vain repetition. He's like, this is us not giving up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, we are not going to give up. We are going to continue to journey on this journey and go to the Lord with all of our sins, with all the areas we don't trust and bring those to him like a child and say, Lord, I, I don't trust you here. And I don't even know if I want to sometimes, but can you please help me? Can you please help me? And, you know, or I feel like, Lord, you've let me down these certain places, you know, please help me. And it, it, that when just that kind of sheer honesty opens the doors to so many levels. So dear friends, if you're seeing in your heart, even as you listen to this podcast episode, and you know, there's parts of your heart where you don't trust, where you hold back, where you grasp that. Okay. That's, those are places we can start. And these are places where we can bring those those things to the Lord. And he, oh gosh, he delights. And he said, do not worry. You come and rely upon my fathomless heart for you. Move for you in these very places. You have nothing to fear. And that's so glorious. Like that's the good news. You know what I'm saying? Mm, Mm. Absolutely. Amen. 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 We forget that there's good news sometimes, I I think, you know? Yeah. Go ahead. And an unshakable. Yeah, we forget. And I think we have to flip that question. Like we have trust issues, but are we trustworthy? You know, I think that's one of the big questions too. Like, are we trustworthy as people? Can the Lord trust us? You know, we're talking about trusting him. Can other people trust us? Are we consistent? You know, like I think oftentimes we flip it and like, okay, you know, we are not the trustworthy ones are like, how can I be consistent to you? You know, Lord, how can I be faithful to you? Like I'm, you know, like I love how mother Teresa is like, I want to be the one. Like, I want to be the one that he trusts. I want to be the one, like, it always breaks my heart in the garden, the garden of Gethsemane. Like, it'll still make me tear up. I'd be like, I always yes. like, I want to be the one that would stay awake with you. Like, this is what you would ask. I want to be the one where you would say faithful. Like, I want to be the leper that comes back after you heal us to tell you I'm thankful for what you did. Like, I want to be the trustworthy one. So what in me needs to be trustworthy for you, Lord, you know? Oh, gosh, Yeah. That's a great question. And I think it starts with the little things always, you know, always be trustworthy in the little things, be trustworthy in your relationships, like keep confidence, don't gossip about people, like keep your word, you know, be who you say that you are, be who you are in the dark and in the light. Um, And let God trust you in the little things and you will be entrusted with greater things. You know, sister, what's on your mind there? No, and that's very true. It is. It is always the little things and the continued journey of of revelation. You know that we just we just keep going. We just keep going one step at a time. And and I love that the Lord says to Saint Faustina. You know, I I um, 
I, I want you to trust me and I'm, I'm entrusting my heart to you. Like I'm going to trust you. I, it just, I'm like that the Lord would entrust himself to us. Like that just to this day, we would receive him. Um, when we receive him in the Eucharist, like he entrusts himself to us. He entrusts his body, blood, soul, and divinity to us. It's just fathomless. Like his, his beauty. And when we allow him to do that, it, it broadens our trust in him. And so it's a beautiful mm-hmm. relationship of love, of, of giver and beloved and love and receive, you know? Awesome. Yeah. It's a good topic. And I think we have to press into these areas. I hope, dear listeners, that as you hear this, that you will sit down and take some time to ponder some of these things. Yeah. Don't just let it come in and out, you know, but that you actually take some time to go there with, mm-hmm. with the Holy Spirit. Yes, and always with the Holy ask Spirit. the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. Yeah, don't go into the past alone to reveal to you certain areas and to give you the strength to to take start taking steps forward. Amen. Amen. Yeah, this is such a rich discussion. So yeah, my goodness. And this time. And what a better time to be healed than in these Easter days. Mm. Oh, definitely. The grace is outpouring. And we're going to give you, we're going to put some notes, friends, to the Divine Mercy Novena and the, and the Feast of Divine Mercy. So you can read a bit more about the history of it and kind of like the the grace that's available. Please, you know, if you're, especially if you're Catholic, go to confession or, well, if you can, you know, especially it's kind of an odd time, but if you can go to confession and receive communion and receive the Lord and just ask for a complete and total healing, like he loves to pour out the graces of the Divine Mercy are, are unprecedented. They're unprecedented. Mm-hmm. So, if you and can, we're going to do a live Divine Mercy chaplet at some point this week. So check out our social media platforms so that you can join us for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ladies, shall we talk about our one things for this week, this Easter, this Easter week? Heather, you want to share with us your one thing? Sure. My one thing is still going on. Although it started a little while ago, you can jump in at any time. It is a conference called Be Not Afraid, put on by Stacey Summerow. Is that how you say your name? Mm-hmm. Not sure. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, we've never met, so I've never heard her say her name. So Stacy Summerow, you can go to stacysummerow.com. That's S-T-A-C-E-Y-S-U-M-E-R-E-A-U.com. And it's called the Be Not Afraid Conference. It's free. You just go online, enter in your email address. It's on for 30 days. So by the time this airs, it'll still be happening. And the three of us did a little episode on day five. We did a little talk together. So it's basically just turned out to be like a video podcast. So you can all check that out. And there's some amazing speakers, some beautiful worship. She's done such an awesome job. I thought, wow, what a great idea. People just jumped on board and she's just offering this for your spiritual nourishment for the next 30 days. So uh, go check it out, sister. What's your one? Check it out. Um, you know, I really, this is very simple. This is, but one of my great loves in my life is tacos. So I just like, so today we're recording this on a huge feast day. So I just made tacos for everybody in our house. And I just, I love tacos. I was making the tacos. I'm like, tacos, I love you. So I'm, I'm not joking. I could have tacos. It's one of my love languages. I love you tacos. So tacos this week on this feast day that we made for everybody here in the house. Can we get your recipe? Dude, yeah, it's just like recipe? the simple recipe. Yeah, it's a simple recipe. It's just like the, I want to see it. Cr- you got to post it, Sister Miriam's tacos. Wonderful goodness. Yeah, I'll see what I can do. It's it's nothing big, but it's just fun. I just love them. They're super That's yummy. Great. So, and that is why we are in a trusting, um, committed relationship <laughs> and consistent, Sister, because our love for Mexican food. Mm, you know, amen. amen. Salsa, yeah. queso, guac, tacos. You know, you're speaking all my love language right there, girl. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. yeah. Um, for me, there is um, really a Saint Faustina's Diary. I think it is one of the most beautiful spiritual works there is. Like if you amen. like, it is, and it's. Um, uh, it's a simple read, though. I don't think it's very hard, but it's just beautiful. It's profound, though. It's like a beautiful words. But there, every time I read it, um, 
I will find just another gem or another, just a jewel of it. And so I will just post, I made a little screensaver of actually one of um, St. Faustina's uh, little musings in there and um, things from her diary, her writings from her diary. And I actually called it trusting wildflower, even though that's not Mm. what she calls in her diary. But anyway, it it. says, I want to live pure as a wildflower. I want my love always to be turned to you just as a flower that is always turning to the sun. I want the fragrance and the freshness of the flower of my heart to be always preserved for you alone. I want to live beneath your divine gaze for you alone are enough for me when I am with you, Jesus. I fear nothing for nothing can do me harm. Mm. So St. Faustina and it's from her diary number 306. So it's just a beautiful, her writings, check it out. The diary and the writings are just really just a beautiful love letter between her and the Trinity. So yeah. Yeah. So lovely. Well, happy Easter, dear friends. God bless you. Happy Easter. Wish you a wonderful Easter week and in preparation for divine mercy. And Jesus, we trust in you. We just ask that you would come to us even now, that you would unveil our hearts, um, that you would lead us closer to you, heal the areas where we don't trust you, Lord. We just ask that we would this week have a very profound experience of your the goodness of your heart and your immense love for us. Call us to yourself, Jesus, in every way. And we just make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. God bless you. Happy Easter. Until next week, we will be abiding together. Ciao, ciao. If our podcast has blessed you, would you please consider financially supporting Abiding Together via Patreon? Patreon is a website where people can make donations to help keep the podcast going. And now that we at Abiding Together have an independent platform, we have a number of costs that go into creating the podcast and the high quality content we offer, such as our website, design, tech support, staff, and other elements. Having an independent platform also allows us to explore and create new content for all of our listeners to enjoy. So thank you so much to all of you who are already donors. When you donate through our page on Patreon, you are able to donate any amount, $1 a month, $5 a month, $500 a month, or just a one-time offering. Abiding Together is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization, and donations are tax deductible. So would you please prayerfully consider giving to Abiding Together? If you donate $15 or more per month, you become a tribe member, and you will receive a short individual video from Michelle, Heather, and I each month about a variety of topics. You can see all of the information on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash abiding together podcast. So consider becoming a supporting member today and help us further the work of the Holy Spirit moving in and through this community. Together, we can do amazing things. We are so grateful for your support and may God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? Could you also leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. All the show notes are in your podcast app, but if you'd like them emailed to you, you can go to our website at abidingtogetherpodcast.com and subscribe. On our website, you will also find all of our past episodes and information about various episodes. You can also join our private Facebook group and get in on the discussion and all the beautiful things that are happening there. We are so glad that you are on the journey with us. And until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you.